What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. And I am back to look forward to the next month in the world of mixed martial arts. And I'm giving you my top five fights that I'm looking forward to personally uh, in the next month. And do you know what? I, I What I usually do is right, I open up all the events in the next month and I look through the fights that I'm most looking forward to and I kind of pick out my few first and I usually get it down to you maybe you know seven or eight and then I sometimes I was like I'll just go with the seven or eight and then most of the time I go with my fight but this time I, th- I think the five kind of stuck out to me um, a lot on this uh, and, and, and I've really this time gone for fights that I like and I try to do that every month but more so this month these are the five fights that I absolutely love that I think are going to be really really good uh, this month in the uh, in the world of mixed martial arts, um, we have three fights from the UFC. We have one from one, and we have one from the PFL uh, as well. And like, I feel like a lot of the chat recently, you know, on on this podcast has been about a lot of the good stuff that happens outside of the UFC. You know, with uh, obviously I covered all the one cards, I covered all the PFL cards, a lot of the cage warrior stuff as well, and there is a lot to be seen. Outside of the UFC, and I, I always like to bring a bit of that to this, but also obviously to all my other podcasts as well. And let's start that way because the first fight that I want to talk about, and also just before I get into that, apologies, I'm a little bit under the weather, so if the voice is breaking anywhere or, or anything, you probably already noticed. But um, my apologies for that. But we, we shall, we shall go on. You know, it's uh, it's Ireland here in July, so obviously it's cold and rainy, and people are picking up the flu. So. <laughs> These things happen a little bit. Anyway, um, the first fight that I have picked out, a fight that has almost happened a few times before, but it's finally happening uh, at one championship uh, on the 4th of August at one uh, on Prime 13. Oh, it's uh, it's a big one. It is Buchecha, uh, Marcus Almeida against Umar Kane, Rug Rug uh, in the heavyweight division. It's going down at the, the Lupini Boxing Stadium over in Thailand. As I said, the, the 13th one championship card with another great MMA fight on that as well. John Enderkin's uh, J1 came. I was I was thinking about putting that in, but this is this is the one for me, honestly, because I love. In MMA, right? One of the, one of the big parts of my joy that I I gather from MMA, you know, obviously I I, I do a lot of the uh, the Irish MMA as well, and look at the up and comers there, and the you know the amateurs or the debuting pros as well as you know all the Irish people in cage wires and in Bellator and in the UFC now ranked in the UFC like Ian Gary's as well as the the Joneses, the Nunes, the everyone else's, right? So. I love seeing guys and ladies coming up from um, amateurs to debuting bros to the very, very top. And to see that build, I think it's it's really great. And if people aren't maybe uh, involved in that or don't really haven't done that or kind of, you know, you tune into the UFC or whatever, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I was, I was like that for, for many years. But I definitely encourage you to, be, you know, to do that, right? Um, whether it's like, let's say you live in in San Diego and you, you know you look at look it up on on uh, um, on on here, one of the local San Diego gyms, pick out a few of their up and coming fighters, have a look at them, and follow along their journey, right? And where am I going with this? I feel like Buchecha and Rugrug are two of those people that I think lots of people have kind of followed their journey from early in their careers, you know, with obviously Buchecha coming from the jiu-jitsu world and being really successful over there. He had that name before, but I think with Rugrug, the way he came through and he fought over the Aries, my guy Alan Murphy here, um, 
was obviously helping out with Aries with the, the PR side of it and he did a great job of explaining who Rogue Rogue was and where he was from, you know, coming from that um that mad kind of Senegalese um beach wrestling m- insanity that is like half fighting half wrestling and like i i think whenever you see a story like that it's uh, and this guy's an absolute beast you know you want to tune in and you want to see guys like that fighting and there's a there's you see him starting mma in and he like he made his debut against uh sophie and bakaju who if you look at his record he's fought a lot of good guys and he's what he's 30 40 fights i'd say um and he was able to beat him fairly quickly now look ruger has shown issues throughout his career make, make no mistake about that he even lost uh one fight it was kind of a weird one at the end of round two but he's bounced back from that again uh, and won his last couple one of them beating um a european wrestling champion in his second to last fight at one one six one so um, he's as well as being right, a really exciting kind of cool stories. He, if he keeps going, he could be a really good fighter. And I know he's training uh, out in the Middle East. He's training with one of the the Irish fighters here, John Mitchell, who's a very good fighter. He debuted in PFL there last month. Um, and you know I think Munir Lazez and others are out there as well training. But um, so he's getting in some good training there, and he's some good training partners, some good coaches. Um. And he can only improve and improve and improve. He's only still only 31 for a heavyweight. That's absolutely massive. And you look at Bucheche on the other side of it, also only 33 years of age, you know, as I said, for a heavyweight, very young. Um, training, obviously, as, as a lot of the um, the one championship up-and-comers do in Evolve, but with American top team as well. And now 4-0 as a pro, was able to get two fights in 2021, two fights in 2022. We're seven months into 2023 now, and this is his first fight this year. So I'm sure he'll be looking to kind of get going here again, get a win and, and, and go, you know, go to that next level where he wants to go in his MMA journey. But like someone's MMA journey is going to be halted here. And, uh, you know, briefly anyway, I, 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 I'm not retiring the loser of this fight or anything, but it's just mad. Like who's going to win this? You have the unbelievable jujitsu guy against like the unbelievable wrestler. Like how would you even submit Rug Rug? He's such a gargantuan human being. It 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 almost uh, defies belief to think that could happen. But you know, it almost defies belief to think some of my six fights could go in there against Puchecha and not get submitted. And that to me is the key to this. Like that is. You know, you're you're looking uh, at the the immovable force versus the immovable object, or what it is the 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 irresistible force against the immovable object, and <laughs> that's that's why I want to watch. And like, let's be honest, it's two big lads in the heavyweight division going in there throwing everything at each other. It could be one of those as well, or a both of them go in there and they try to throw a few hands first of all and say, well. This guy's a grappler. My hands have been improving. Let's test out these hands. And, you know, both of them could say ex- exactly that. So what's going to happen then? Someone could get be getting knocked out. Now, Rug Rug, I think he was way more patient than his last couple of fights. Looked really, really good. Um... At times, now I'm not, I'm not, you know, he's not Sidilgan yet, anything like that yet, but he did look good at times. Um, whereas I think Buchecha didn't have as much, a lot of his fights ended within what, none of them have gone over three minutes. Uh, so we haven't had that much to see, but you know, he beat uh, Kirill Grishinko last time out, who's a very high level fighter as well, but he, we haven't seen, I suppose, a, a few rounds or a few minutes of him and his jab work and then him putting together shots. Most of it has been a bit of that. And in a takedown and in good ground pounds, his ability to show what he can do on the ground, you know, not just going down and immediately submitting guys, although there, 
<coughs> it has been pretty much that. <coughs> My apologies. Um, but we have seen a little bit more from Rogue Rogue. Does that give him an advantage there? I'm not sure. No, I, I'm, I won't be giving my pick or anything here. I'll maybe give that when we're doing the uh, the preview for this uh, next week. But I, I'm just like, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's a fight that's been talked about for a long time. I think it's a fight that if you're not um, uh, a fan that watches all the different promotions, that it might entice you to actually go over and, and watch it. You know, and I... <sighs> I would always encourage that. I would always encourage that. Whether it's a great fight in Bellator or BFL or One or Cage Warriors or Brave or wherever it might be, there's a very good fight that, you know, someone in the know tells you that's intriguing, you know, go and watch it. And I think, yeah, that's one. If you want to call me someone in the know, I don't know, maybe maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe a few people will argue with that, but that's one I would tell you to go over and watch because I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a fascinating one. Right. The next fight I'm going to go to, so uh, I've, I'm usually going order here, right? But I'm not going in order this time. Um, I'm going to, that one's from the start of the month. I'm going to pop to the end of the month for the next one. And it's from PFL 9. Uh, so I'm going to keep the three UFC ones together. But this, the last one from one uh, on August 4th. This one is August 23rd, PFL 9. And it's Magomed Magomed Karamov versus Magomed Umalatov. Now, easy for me to say it there. But this is a real meeting of absolute beasts in uh in pfl uh first of all let's let's quickly look at magomed malato 14 and all fighting out of eagles mma 31 years of age 12 of those 14 wins are inside the distance only one submission uh, 11 ko's which is you know we we need to keep in mind as well but i'm i was looking through a couple of his old fights and looking through my notes as well for a couple of his old fights it's not it's not always a straight punch in a ko you know he can wrestle he has the ability to tko guys as well but he he can kick he can hit he's very good standing up as well as on the ground and you know what the same could be said for megamed megamed karimov um 33 now, 38 fights into his career. He's won 32 of them. What, 22 inside the distance, 13 KOs, 9 submissions. And that kind of tells you everything you need to know. Like, he's won all but one of his fights in the last 8 years, you know, since 2015. And that's a run of uh, a lot. What a, <laughs> you know, I, I, what has he won? Like, 16 of his last 17 fights or something like that. An unbelievable run. And he's beaten the likes of, you know, David Zavada this year, but beat Gless and Thibault last year, beat Sadabusi, who has done nothing but getting better and better since that. Beat Curtis Melinda, beat Chris Curtis twice, who we see in the UFC now, beat uh, Ray Cooper. He lost to Ray Cooper, so that's his only loss. It was a, you know, he was winning that fight and he got hit with a big shot in that and deserved to lose, but he did lose uh, that fight. But, you know, just unflappable really for years and years and years and even back in 2011 he beat Anatoly Tokov who fought for the Bellator title there last year so he's not only beating good fellas recently he's been beating good fellas for a long 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 time and again fighting out of American top team but he has the, the wrestling as well as the striking and this is one of those fights that I I, I, like who if you're to ask me who I think will win I'll probably go with Magomed Karimov right but it's uh, I said it with the last fight right what intrigues you most about great fights is that you don't know what's going to happen I feel, I feel like are we talk an awful lot about a lot of fights and we kind of um, 
we understand what's going to happen if a certain thing happens. Now, let, let's give a, a, famous, uh, a famous example, right? Let's say, um, okay, the, the fight was five years ago this uh, this week. McGregor versus Mendez, right? What's going to happen in that fight, right? Either Connor's going to be able to keep it standing and beat him on the feet and maybe knock him out, or Mendez might be able to get it down and wrestle him and do that, right? Or let's say it's... Uh, you know, it's Wonderboy versus Woodley. Similar sort of thing. You know, if Woodley can get him on the ground, maybe he can land a big shot on the way down, but if he can get him on the ground, he can beat him. If Wonderboy can keep him at range, he's going to beat him. You know, one of those two things will probably happen. <clears throat> With fights like this, um, it's very difficult to know what's going to happen. You might think one guy has an advantage in one area, but does he? Like, I was looking as well at one of my one of the old fights of Umalata, and looking at my notes as well, it's like, he his opponents make his striking easier for him because he has the threat of the takedown at all times and even though like oh, let me look at his record again um 11 knockouts one submission like and, and, and as i said a lot of tickets but a lot of wins on the feet as well <coughs> people are still wary of the takedown and get caught on the feet because of it that is a very good thing to have but Will he have that against someone like Magomed Karimov? You know, that's the big thing here. Like, will Magomed Karimov be afraid of getting taken down? And the other side, will Umalatov be afraid of getting taken down? Will Magomed Karimov have, like, the uh, the edge he has on a lot of people who are afraid of getting taken down? I know, I think it's a little bit different um, for both of them in a lot of fights because, like, they, were, they are happy to stand up and fight in a lot of fights. But as I said, there is that threat. Now there's either no threat or maybe more of a threat because they switch up their game plan. Uh, is it going to be a threat from Milatov or a threat from Megamid Karamov? Who knows? Like, who knows in this one? You, like, I'm sure we can go on. And when I'm breaking down the fight itself, I will do that. And I'll, think, I'll tell you who I think has the advantage and all of that. But if we look at it in the broad term and why I'm really looking forward to it is, it could go either way. Like, I could go in and call it and go, oh, look, I think Magomed Karimov's, his jab is, is going to be too much. He's going to be a little bit, um, he, he's going to be a little bit too long, even though they're the same height. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm, what are they're only a year apart in age, two years apart in age. Yeah. But, like, let's say I make that call and then the opposite happens. It could very well happen. You know, Omeladov has never been defeated. We've never seen it. So that's the sort of fight I love. Like, the one I always go back to back in the day, and it's, you know, with hindsight, maybe we look at it differently, but um, TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt. I was like, I had no idea what was going to happen in that fight, and I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved that fight. So that's why this fight is special for me, and I can't wait to see it. Right, let's move on. Let's talk about the next fight. The next fight I'm massively looking forward to, it happens... August 5th and it's uh, on a UFC fight night and it's Jessica Andrade versus Tatiana Suarez um oh it's it's so interesting like okay you look at um you look at Andrade she's coming off of two losses in a row uh knocked out by uh, Jan uh, choked out by Aaron Blanchfield but still she's still one of the top fighters in the world make no mistake about that and then you've Tatiana Suarez 9 and 0 you know, she beat Montana De La Rosa in her last fight after four years out of the cage. Now, she did well there and she looked good. <coughs> and as I said, we can break that down when we need to break it down. But what I think is so huge here is 
for the for and you know you might say okay she beat Carla Esparza and Carla was a champion and all but it it's a rise in quality massively from Mandela De La Rosa to Jessica Andrade for someone who has been out for that long but someone with that much talent that you're thinking she wins this and it has to be a title shot or you know or if it's not a title shot it's like she is the boogeyman on the way up and everyone everyone is going to be afraid like it was back in whenever 2020 2020 or you know 2018 or whenever it was when when she was fit and ready and gone Everyone knew. She, no, she's a win over Alexa Grasso as well, which is funny. Uh, I'm just looking at it here on Sherlock. Yeah, maybe maybe it isn't a step up, but it is a step up from the last fight, you know. And but again, the magic part of that is it's a it's a 2023 step up. Is she ready for it? Is she back? Is she fit enough? And it's oh, this is a, a an unbelievable fight because. Uh, I talked earlier about watching fighters kind of coming up through the ranks and seeing them. You know, we all heard about Jessica Andrade coming up through the ranks, you know, because she only, it was what, she four fights into her career when she came off of the Ultimate Fighter and was fighting in the UFC. And everyone was saying, oh, look, this is the female Habib and all. She's absolutely destroying everyone. And that was what? God, am I that seven years ago? So long ago. Um, And the point here is like, you see people, you hear people making that rise, you think they're going to be the next level people, and to actually see them reaching that goal is magnificent. Like, I, I, lo- I love to, to say that I interviewed Ian Gary before his professional debut when he was still an amateur, and now he's a ranked UFC fighter. Like, isn't that amazing? To follow someone's journey that whole way through. Like, um, <laughs> look at Sean O'Bannon debuting in the UFC. You know, I was watching her amateur fights 18 months ago or whatever, you know? Absolutely mad to see that. Someone like James Gallagher, I was at one of his amateur fights a few years ago. And now, you know, he was a ranked Bellator fighter there for a while and all of that. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And it's it's great to be able to see all of that and to see people go to the very top. And to see someone like Tatiana Suarez reach her goals. I think, after all, she's been through in her life as well. It would be massive. But at the other side of it... You just can't drive If she loses three in a row, it's a very, very tough time in her career. Because, like, she was coming off of three wins in a row there in January. And, she, you know, there was all the talk of, right, couldn't she get back into the title mix there? And, you know, she wasn't too far away from it. She was probably the, the next person. But then you, you run into two people on bad nights or good nights for them. I don't think it was necessarily a bad night for her in either night, to be honest. I just think Yan Jean and fought brilliantly, as did Aaron Banchfield. Uh, and that's that's a huge fight, a huge fight for both both people, a huge fight for the division, and um, another massive fight for women's MMA. You love to see it, you absolutely love to see it. Right, let's move on to the next uh, fight, and the the last two fights are both from UFC two nine two, um, and the first one I want to talk about is the headliner between Aljamain Sterling and Sean O'Malley, um. And do you know why I love this, right? It's it's the the new breed, and I lo- I love to see the new breed because for a long long time, a long long time, in certain divisions, you just kind of you 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 get sick of the old breed all the time, and that's that's I'm speaking here purely as a fan and purely as someone who enjoys things like. You know, when the, and this is a different division, but the featherweight division that time, and it was just like, you had Mendez, Aldo, 
Edgar Mendes, Aldo Edgar Mendes. Just it felt like that was all we had, and we'd you know Ricardo Lamas was thrown in there the odd time, and then we'd Max, and then we'd Max Edgar Aldo, <laughs> you know, and it kept going and going and going, and it felt like there was people's careers came and went and they never got a shot, right? And it's it's great to see that. And, and I know Al Jermaine is, is what, 33 years of age now, and John Manny's 28 as well, so I'm not necessarily new. But you know what I mean? Like, uh, Sterling is a guy who was the new breed and came to his prime, and there he is. And now Sean O'Malley is the one who's the new breed. He's won a few fights, and now here he is. And it's like two lads in their absolute prime fighting each other. Two lads who we talked about, like, could they get there? And now they are there, and let's see who's going to win. Love that. That's exactly what you want, like you want exactly that, and it's not no belt being held up, no wait for a year, you know, no four or five matches behind the thing, and I wanted him to get it. Let's just do it. Let's go in and have the fight, and that's that. And I love that. Like, and the thing about O'Malley as well, he, like I, I think O'Malley is is an interesting one, right? And uh, <laughs> I, I've I've a lot of things to say when we're breaking down this fight, but but now's not the time for that, obviously, but. He has showed such good things and such, like, issues as well. Like, his body is kind of broken down in him a couple of times in a couple of different fights. Um, he hasn't fought a massive level apart from Yan, and obviously the Yan fight was very, very close. And it, fe- it feels like, even though I said it's great to see someone new coming, it does feel like it's a slight tad bit quick, you know? But... At the same time, I'm glad. I'm glad it's coming quickly. I'm glad people are getting their opportunity. And you know what? I'm glad that Algerman Sterling stood up and, and took the fight as well. Now, <laughs> there, there's other talks about that. Was he kind of forced into it and stuff? That's another argument for another day. But um, he, on the other hand, then, has showed everything that O'Malley hasn't had the uh, chance to do yet. Now, I'm not saying that O'Malley can't do it, but he just hasn't had... Cejudo, Dillashaw, uh, Yan twice. He's had Yan once, obviously, but Sandhagen, Munoz. He had Munoz, and then it didn't happen for him. You know, Jimmy Rivera, Hidden Brow, even back in the day, and we go on and on. And that, as I said, that's not to say that O'Malley couldn't do that, and not to say he won't beat Aljamain Sterling. But you are taking that little bit of a leap, right? And you kind of, in uh, look, all of this. All of this is the same sort of thing and why I enjoy these fights. It's a little bit of not knowing. Like, is O'Malley good enough to beat Sterling? Is he good enough? We know how good Sterling is. Like, there's no doubt in that. Sterling has beat some of the best fighters in the world. Okay, you can say, oh, I thought Yan won or I thought whoever won. They were close fights, Grant. But if you're close enough to get that good, to the, if you're good enough to get that close to those good fighters, you're good, right? Make no mistake about that. Can O'Malley do that? Can O'Malley get as close to him as the other lads did? You know? Can O'Malley get over the hump and beat Algerman Sterling? Can he do it? I'm so intrigued. I'm so intrigued. Do you know what I'm... I'm very intrigued as well. I'm one part of, like, the... um, The, the actual build-up, maybe the, the analysis of the fight. It's like, I really wonder, can O'Malley's physique hold up in a five-round world title fight. I really wonder, can it? Because you look at his record, 
He'd never, never been near five rounds. You know, he would win three rounds with Yan. Uh, he went into the third round twice in fights before that in the UFC. And other than that, um, uh, uh, sorry, he, he went to the, to the decision uh, back in 2017 as well against Terry and Ware. But uh, that's it in, in the UFC. You know, it was one fight outside of the UFC and that's that really. It's, it's not like you've no experience in the championship rounds, fourth round, fifth round or anything like that. No, Sterling has it against Ahudo. Sterling has it against Yan the first time. Sterling, uh, sorry, the second time. The first time. Obviously into the fourth round against Yan as well, and a litany of three round fights as well to kind of back that up. Um, and even as a five round fight from back in 2011 outside of the UFC. So I, I, I don't think people talk about that enough, but I, I think in general, but I think with O'Malley, you need to talk about it a little bit extra because, like, look what happened to him in the first Cheeto Vera fight and other fights as well. I just still think there's that question. Like, you always look at a there's certain guys you just look at, like, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe he'll prove that wrong down through the years, but like, and and like, it has been proven. And like, look at, say, a guy like Dustin Poirier. You know, when McGregor was talking to him, like, oh, you know, Akira Kurosani hit you and uh, he put you down and you did the stanky leg and a gust of wind and knock you over. I think that was true for a while. And it took him going up a weight class and his fight, <coughs> sorry, with um, uh, his fight with Justin Gaethje and a few more fights actually proved that wasn't no longer the case, right? I think, uh, look at Amir Khan. I think he would have had a way better career, but he's like, his chin was just glass. Like, <sighs> I feel like O'Malley might be in that class, and he'll have to prove he's not, I think, uh, to get over that hump. Now, does he believe that? Does many other, maybe it's just me, right? But we'll see against Sterling, and that's an intriguing part for me as well. The last fight I'm going for is one, do you know what? It's it's a, it's a first fight I've seen in a while. That's There's a bit of niggle. There's a bit of niggle. There's a bit of back and forth. There's a bit of talk online. There's a bit of shit talk, and it's, my guy, Ireland's own Ian Gary against Jeff Neal. And this fight, look, this fight was announced. And it probably would have been on my list anyway. Because this fight was announced, I was like, that's a great fight. What a fight. Great opportunity for Ian Gary. Um, he can, uh, he find a guy who's ranked, what, number top 10 anyway in the UFC's rankings he's in I think at 13 is Ian Gary at the moment if he beats him he's into the top 10 and all that but also Jeff Neal a very good striker will give Ian a little bit of a different test but also Ian is a striker he loves to strike he will strike with Jeff Neal but also you know Ian can wrestle and we've seen it he's gone in there and gone to the ground with uh, BJJ Black Belt before outside the UFC and done fairly well so there's a chance for all this happening very intriguing matchup but then they started going at it online, and Ian, <laughs> Ian Gary got um, a picture of uh, of Jeff Neal's mugshot and put it on a T-shirt, and he called it the future. And then there was, you know, uh, Jeff put out this thing, you know, saying, I'm going to kill this man or whatever it might be. And there was a bit of back and forth, and then Sean Strickland kind of came in, and, you know, he was talking talking smack as well. And, he, and Ian Gary was like, well, you didn't know this fight was happening before, and now you do job done kind of thing here. So, like, there's... There's a bit of back and forth. There's a bit of there's a bit of shit talk here as well as the very very good fight, and I think it's mass because you know as well, you know, I, and maybe this is the team of today's episode. But talking about that rise through, and I've already talked about Ian, Ian Gary's rise through, but you want to watch fighters make moves technically throughout their fights, right? What I mean by that, let me let me give you an example. Let's say like um a Max Holloway. 
<coughs> I love doing things and Pari is a good example as well but you go back and you watch one of their old fights and um, you you see the, the magnificent difference they have between an old fight uh, and a new fight and what, just how different uh, of a of a, a fighter they, they actually were then compared to uh, to what they are now and um, I think the, the uh, a great way to do that sometimes is to like look at old fights where they fought the same person as they f- that they're about to fight or that they just fought and to see the, the difference in level and there's I was trying to just pull up a Paria fight there and it's like I, it's, my, my internet's gone down here or something but it's not working but anyway I remember watching an old fight of his and in a newer fight of his against the same person whoever that might have been and it, he just looks so so different right and the point of this is you look at Ian Gary and <sighs> Do you know what? It's not as noticeable with Ian Gary because I think Ian started at a very good level even when he made his his pro debut. But you can see little links, you know, a little bit. I think that the um the San Canan fight was a great example of how look at the first two minutes of that fight and look at the last two minutes of that fight. How different he looked, how better, how much better he looked. Because he learned on the job. And I think that is huge. He's also, he's out in Brazil at the moment. He's doing a bit of training out there. He said he's gone out, you know, he's working with Charles Oliver. He said he's gone out to learn uh, extra bits of jiu-jitsu and all that. Is he going to add that in here? Is that going to be a different look? All of that. But then from Jeff Neal, like you're thinking, well, I have my spot here. You know, I, I've beaten Luke. I've beaten Ponzinibbio, two guys who are right up there. You know, okay, went in there against Shavkat and lost out there. If I lose out to another up-and-coming guy, well, I have problems here. And he has to win this fight. Like, this is not Ian Gary taking on all the next guy and, you know, that next guy's fight. Jeff Neal has to win this fight. He has to win it. Or else he's ranking and probably be gone. Or he'll be on the verge of it. Like, the next the next time Michael Morales wins a fight, Jeff Neal will be gone so out of the rankings, you know. And where are you then? Like, it's hard to get back in there once you get out of it. You know, ask, any, ask Daniel Rodriguez how hard it'll be to get back in, you know. So I think it's a massive fight for both guys. And like winning Gary, and you know, I'm, I'm into Rachmanov. Like you watch a Rachmanov fight, you watch a Gary fight, you watch a Shemaya fight, you watch an O'Malley fight, and you're seeing a step in the, you know, on the ladder of a possible great here. A real possible great. And will they all be? No, they won't all be. No, but will one or two of them be? Yes. And that's exactly what we could be looking at at UFC 292. So cannot wait for that fight. All five fights this uh, month are, are absolutely fantastic, and there's plenty more to come aside from that. Check out Sherdog.com. Go up to the Fight Finder on the top, and there's UFC events, Bellator events, PFL events, one championship events. There's a full calendar there. You can see every single event going on worldwide. Let me know your fight for August. Comment section below. Let me know the fight you're looking forward to the most in August. And you know what? We'll all go down, we'll have a look, and we'll watch all of those fights, and we'll enjoy them a lot. I will leave it there. My name is Sean Sheehan for Shardog.com and I'll see you all next time.